Welcome to Panther Pori, the podcast where we're supposed to talk Panthers hockey, but sometimes we don't. Presented by Florida Hockey Now. Here are your hosts, Jacob Langsom, Alex Lopez, and TJ Peterson. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Panther Pre, a Florida Hockey Now podcast. I am your host, Jacob Langsam. Here with me, as always, are my co-hosts, Alex Lopez and DJ Peterson. And uh, we we interrupt this extremely exciting and close uh, NCAA National Championship game to talk about the Panthers being on a seven-game winning streak, uh, including some big wins over some big teams. Uh, most recently, we have that 8-4 win over Colorado, which was one of the funnier games I think we've seen in a while, just like the way that shook out. Uh, we also, within this seven-game series, uh, got our season sweep uh, of Vegas, winning in Vegas for the first time in franchise history and officially reclaiming the 2023 Stanley Cup. Uh, no, that's and, not how that works, Jake. No, yeah, yeah it is. Shut up. Yes, uh, it is. <laughs> Panthers have also uh, gotten uh, big wins over Arizona, a uh, big win over Montreal, uh, wins over the Rangers and Tampa as well. Like a really, really significant win streak here, not just in number, uh, but in quality of team as well. Uh, we joked a little bit about it last week as well uh, when it was but a mere five game win streak, I believe, maybe four. I don't remember if we recorded before or after the uh, Arizona game, TJ. It was after. It was immediately after. Yeah. Uh, but but this win streak is really setting the tone for the back half of the season, I think. At least I hope. Yeah, it, it's, uh, it's setting up really well for the Florida Panthers. They're done with the West Coast. Um, I don't believe they'll play a game that starts after 8 p.m. the rest of the season. There may be a 9 o'clock. Or is tomorrow a 9 o'clock start or an 8 o'clock? Tomorrow is... Eight o'clock. Okay, but I believe it might be like eight eight thirty is the it, you know the, the quote unquote seven thirty local time. I think it's going to be the latest uh, mm-hmm. play the rest of the season eight thirty you know Eastern. Uh, that's really good schedule wise and travel wise because as everyone knows, the Panthers always have the most or second most miles traveled per season. So to have the bulk of your traveling done is fantastic news in terms of rest, recuperation, and just setting up. I mean, you see schedule losses on the calendar all the time. That uh, Montreal game, it really should have been a scheduled loss. Third game in four nights after the holiday break. And they won. And there's probably not going to be too many schedule losses left on 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 the schedule. Yeah, 24 home games remaining on the schedule. That's more than half... Of your home game slate. I mean, they're not, ha- not halfway done with the season, are they? No, three games shy. Uh, two games shy. Okay, well, 24 is still more than half of, yeah. what, 43, 44? I can't do that. No, you get 41. Now. You get 41 home games. Well, yes, but I'm talking about the rest of there the game. There are 43 games remaining. Oh, yeah, yes. So 24 is 24 of them of are home games. So it's about 56% of the games remaining are home games. That's, that's pretty nice. They're about to have a nice long home stretch. Uh, coming up, that's going to be nice. Uh, anything else we want to talk about in the street? Because I mean, play has been really good. Uh, sh- that that Colorado game was was fluky in general, just with all of the goals. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't want to read <laughs> too much into that eight goal outburst, but it was nice to see that six goal outburst. Let's be fair. 
Okay, six goal outburst, but it was nice that's like, hey, we jumped out to a three-nothing lead, gave it up immediately in the second period, and then recovered. It was I mean, such a funny game. It really was. Didn't make any I, sense. I said to TJ when it was three to three, I said, whoever scores the next goal is going to just win this game. And I was correct. Yeah, I just I just had a feeling that whoever took control from three three was gonna kind of run away with it and fortunately for the Panthers I was right Panthers scored their fourth goal first and uh and then they won by four goals yeah Kevin Stenland finally scored again fourth line yeah way to show up first goal since November 28th which was yeah. also Kevin Stenland so a bunch of other guys have longer goal droughts it's 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 really incredible that this team is where they are basically with two lines that can score. Yeah. Um, Kachuk's finally seeing the back and, of the net. Right. I was actually just about to say, t- yeah, two lines that can score, but one of the guys that you would expect most of that to come from is on like an 80-point pace for the season, yeah. which is still quite good, but it's, it's also- almost 109 or whatever he had last year. Yeah. It's also fun to note that Kachuk has four goals in his last few games, and only one of them – the puck went off his stick and passed a goalie into the net. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that is correct. He has yeah. scored in every game in calendar year 2024, though. I should say he is credited with a goal. <laughs> in every game the Panthers have played in calendar year 2024. I, I, the uh, your, your tweet where it's like, oh, you're probably wondering how I got here. With yeah. uh, group hour at the red line, trying to get back into your gift. Your, it was, it was uh, your gift. Who did I say? Group hour. Whatever. Euro starts with a G. Close enough. Fair. Um, but yeah, that was just one of those where it was that was fun. Uh, by the way, that actually because he was not on the bench, that goes against his save percentage. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, oh, it does. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, jeez. Um, Tough luck for Georgia. He doesn't even, like, start the game, and he ends up getting the loss, oof. I believe. Well, no, because didn't he come in at 4-3? Yeah, he came yeah, he in at 4-3. So, no, he Okay, so he even though it was 4-4 four, four when he was in the net. No. not it, does, it doesn't work like baseball. Okay. No, no. The game was never tied at 4-4. Yes, it was. Duran yeah, tied was. the game yeah, in the first period. Oh, then he does get the loss. Oh, okay, yeah. So he does then get the loss, even though he didn't start, and he wasn't bad by any means, I don't think. It no, was no, 4-4 that... for about two minutes. He he does get the loss then, because it was tied when he was on the ice. Yeah, that's rough. Ivan Prozbatov, you're off, off the hook. I don't think he, he necessarily let in any stinkers either. I mean, he probably could have done better but like i would have to be a real goalie expert to tell you where he could have so alex gee if only we had one of those here i mean not a goalie expert uh i was also at the museum of discovery and science for most of this game my son <laughs> we get it you have kids uh my my son there was, it's a thomas the tank engine exhibit and there's a huge like 10 by 10 foot layout wood layout where like the kids were playing Awesome. We were at that layout for no joke two hours with awesome. my son just like wanting to play and push the trains around. Like, like we would just watch the waves. Like there would be like a ton of kids there. 
those kids would get bored and go somewhere else. And then it would be like my son and one other kid playing. And then that kid would leave. And then, and then all of a sudden a new wave, like it, it was just like waves and waves of kids and just Tommy just there playing and having fun and, and enjoying it. And like, he finally, after two hours, like wanted to go do something else. It was, uh, it was a good time though, but that meant my, my game watching was, uh, limited to on the phone. So I didn't get to watch too much of it. And uh, so I can't really tell you anything goaltending wise. So I would your like goalie... to attract my snarky remark for a Thomas, the tank engine exhibit. You do not have to be a parent to find that very fun and cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're also going to go to Tay out with Thomas in March where you actually get to ride in a Thomas, the tank engine. Well, not ride in Thomas, but ride in a train pulled by Thomas the tank engine. I really need to stop talking about sports games. While they're happening, <laughs> because Michigan or Washington's back within yeah. seven, yeah, back within three from what I just saw. No, it's seventeen ten. Yeah, it's seventeen ten. My understanding. I saw thirteen ten. No, it's seventeen ten. No, nah, Michigan had seventeen. They absolutely had seventeen. I saw them score two touchdowns. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Anyway, I have money on Washington, so. I'm hoping for a different second half than the first half thus far. I'm two for two on making jokes about games not being close and then those games becoming close. Mm-hmm. The other one being my tweet about afternoon start times, about the Panthers' afternoon start times being a curse or no longer being a curse just before yeah. Colorado scored I mean, three goals in like eight seconds. But yeah, we weren't really surprised was. about that though, right? Alex, I mean, sorry. I was a little surprised. I was surprised it happened that quickly. I did not expect Colorado to, you know, lie down and die, but mm-hmm. I did not expect it to be 3-3 like two minutes into the second period. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that that's fair. The two goals quickly, that's not super shocking. It can always happen. The three goals, I mean, was it was kind of a soft call for the power play, if I remember correctly. Uh yeah oh because it was it was the one where um Bobrovsky got run Kachuk went after him and Panthers yes, ended up on yes. the PK yes that's what happened anyway you know they won the game so we don't have to really litigate that a whole hell of a lot uh and yeah they've won a lot of games in a row it's hard not to feel good about the way things are going they've actually won so many games in a row that Boston has actually lost some games to allow the Panthers to gain ground on them. Which yeah. is nice. The Panthers currently sit two points behind Boston. More wins though. Pan- Boston the Panthers has have one game in one hand? more. Yeah, the Panthers have the Panthers have played one more game than Boston. Uh Panthers have twenty five wins to Boston twenty four. I will refer to the Bruins as OT merchants until further notice. <laughs> well, you I don't wanna know play that that's quick, not true. I wanna play a quick game. So we all know that Carter Verhage became the second Panther to reach the 20 goal threshold this season uh, in that game against Colorado. Uh, actually, maybe he did it earlier than that. No, it was against Colorado. I'm pretty yeah, sure. That's what I thought. Uh, no, it couldn't have been because he didn't have a hat trick. Reinhardt had a hat trick and Verhage has 22 goals. He might've been at 20 and then scored uh, two against Colorado. Maybe. Yes. But I don't maybe. think that's the case either. Uh, point is, Reinhardt and Verhage, both across the 20-goal threshold. We still do have half the season left, so plenty of time for others to catch up. How many goals, gentlemen, does the player in third place have? 
On the Panthers? Yes. Um, I have my guess. I want to hear Alex's. I think it's like Barkov with like seven. Uh, I'm pretty sure that it is. I was going to say it's Barkov, but it very well may be Oliver Ekman Larson. And I'm pretty, I'm going to guess eight goals. That was the number that came to my head. You're both correct in some way. Uh, the correct is, uh, TJ, is your guess formally Barkov? I'm gonna, I'm just going to guess eight because the question was how many goals have they scored? True. Uh, it is Barkov with 11. Ah. OEL does have eight. Kachuk also up to eight. I'm a little bit surprised that Barkov has 11 goals, mainly because like I feel like he's he's gotten so many of his points on assists this year. He's got a billion assists. He does have a billion assists. He Barkov leads the <laughs> team in assists with 32. That's a lot. We've played 35 games, right? Or yes. he's played 35 30, uh, games. 39. He's played 35. Yeah, I don't know. I'm speaking out of my ass. He's missed some games, but that's still very good for, you know, Barkov's very good. 43 points. News. 43 points in 35 games for Barkov. Um, are we concerned by the fact that we have two players above 20 and then the next highest player barely has 10? Yes, it's concerning. Um, but it's not a situation where you have to absolutely panic because they're clearly surviving and playing well. Like this is, they're not PDO frauds. They're not horsey frauds. All of their analytics are good. They're just not getting goals from places they expect to get goals. Yeah. I mean, I would say that I'm not concerned for the reason of at least like when these guys are on the ice, the team is scoring. They're passing to their line mates. They're creating goals. And that's not really the case for the bottom six. Now, Lundell has 11 assists, I think. So it's not like he has that many. He has more than 10. But so it's not like exactly 10. So you are not correct. He does not have more than 10. (laughs) I thought he got his 10th recently, like not recently. Sorry. I thought he got his 10th a little while ago. And and in a while, a a bunch of that is because he he got some elevated ice time. Bennett missed a lot of the season. Barkov missed some of the season. So he got to play with some excellent players, and uh, that elevated his stats. But, you know, the two goals for him on the year, only one of them coming against a goalie. I, I might have that wrong, but I believe that that's the case. He has one goal on a goalie in 39 games played. Like... I'm not really concerned about the amount of goals that Kachak or whoever else is scoring on the top six because they have a bunch of assists for the guys that are scoring on the top six. They're line mates, like they're playmaking. It doesn't necessarily matter to me who's scoring. If you're, you know, among two forwards, if one of the forwards has two goals and one of the forwards has two assists, that's just as good to me as if they have one of each. Each of them. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, I I think that the bottom six, like, it's different because they're not creating goals for forwards. Goals that are scored by defensemen. Sometimes this isn't the case, but oftentimes it's a result of just, like, a good bounce. uh, You know, a, a screen provided by a defenseman from the other team. They're flukier. I think that goals scored by forwards are more repeatable. 
So if you're getting an assist on a goal by a forward, I think that's more repeatable. Yeah. I haven't actually looked up data on this, so I could be talking out of my ass. <laughs> it sounds smart, though. Yeah, I mean, it's just the way that I would guess that things are. I mean, I think that some people have said things along these lines. Like, I'm not trying to, to shit on him. Like, OEL's goals are legit, I think, for the most part. But defenseman goals has never really been something I've been huge on for guys that aren't like an Ekblad who like is deliberately trying to score by like getting one timers and such. Because if you're thinking about like a Shea Weber, I'm just going to bomb it from 90 feet. Like that strategy doesn't really work anymore. It kind of used to, because you know, you could get away with a lot more penalties playing defense. So it was harder to score from close. So you could just bomb it away from the blue line. But like, I don't, I don't really think that's a, especially repeatable skill for for anybody other than Brent Burns because Brent Burns is apparently very good at that and it, he's like 40 and he's still doing that no is the correct answer to my question by the way um, <laughs> I'm so sorry went on the tangent no that was that was that was great uh I, I I find it very interesting that the scoring is so centralized on two players uh in conjunction with the two things that I'm about to say. Let's go. One, the Panthers have the fifth best goal differential in the league as a team. The teams above them are Vancouver, Winnipeg, the Kings, and Boston. Two of them are fraudulent. Two, the Panthers, according to a Jay Fresh tweet, have the third worst goals scored above expected in the league. Yeah, they're that, good. That's a little bit lucky. surprising. Go ahead. So, sorry, no, it's, it, it's not. It's not surprising at all because this has been going on all season. Yes, they're on this seven-game win streak, but they also lost four out of five while outplaying their opponents in almost all five of those games. They just couldn't put the puck in the damn net. Yeah, what's surprising is just how low they are. I'm not surprised that they're lower than 16 for sure. But I, I also, I kind of thought I recently saw that they had risen up those ranks. Maybe they had like a way better XG performance in this game in particular than I would have thought. Cause eight goals is not something that you're often expected to do by the metrics. That's yeah. But remember you get like the XG on empty net goals is absurdly high. So you true, get... true. So like, yeah, you, you overperform anytime you score an empty net goal, but like you still get credited like 0.75 XG as long as you shot it from inside the red line. Yeah. You can't have, more than 100% chance of scoring. Right. Right. But yeah, minus 13.7 is the actual metric uh on the on the goal scored above expected. So they yeah. are fifth in the league in goal differential, second place in their division, and they are 14 goals shy of what they've been generating. So this actually may be an interesting time to bring up something that has kind of been an uninteresting talking point for several years now. As as you all know, and I'm not just talking about you guys, I'm talking about the listeners as well. And you, you guys should be ready for this because I don't think you have any idea where I'm going. So Barkov likes to play tennis in the offseason. Who does he like to play tennis with the most? Patrick Liney. Patrick Liney. This team seems to me like a team that doesn't really score a lot of goals that aren't driven by shooting talent. 
Who's got a lot of shooting talent? Alexander Ovechkin. <laughs> Who's got a defensive system to cover up for what Patrick Laine doesn't do well? I, I'm following you, but there's a very, very big problem with your line of thought. What's that? An eight. It's a number of 8.7. Yeah, that is a problem. Sydney this might be Crosby's an off-season contract. This might be an off-season uh, discussion I, I, because you know you're not fitting that in the cap. Even if it is, you're gonna need a you're gonna need Columbus uh, to eat a decent portion of that because Patrick Line is nowhere near an 8.7 AAV player right no. now. Yeah, but maybe they're willing to do it because like he's getting healthy scratched, right? I think it happened like once. It's it's happened. Yeah, it's I'm happened. not trying to imply it's regular. Go ahead. No, no, no. Where you're going makes sense. Like Patrick Line is clearly someone who needs a reset, but he's also a guy who, like, he's not going to thrive on a bad team. He needs someone to pass him the puck. And all respect to friends of the show, Cam and Josh, that team is really bad. I mean, it's not their fault. They're not the GM. They're not the ones making the decisions. Mm-hmm. How. Jarmo Kekalainen still has a job is beyond me. Yeah, I mean, the whole coaching snafu, not even just that they hired Mike Babcock and he left like right before the season started. I can't remember the name name of the guy that they brought in, but it seems like his like firefighting tactics aren't helping matters at all. He's like, he's like doing the thing where every time a team loses a game, some Twitter guy is like, well, they need to do a bag skate or they need to healthy scratch this guy to send a message. (laughs) That's like literally his coaching style. It's like, it's like room temperature IQ coaching. What I will add to this is I think it's very possible that Patrick line is an $8.7 million player on a team that he's happy to play for. It's not like he just suddenly lost his ability to play hockey at 25 years old or however old he is. And he is a 40 goal scorer. Oh, he is 25. Go me. Um, He is a 40 goal scorer in the NHL. Rather, he did it once. I mean, that makes you a 40 goal scorer. Right. Which (laughs) means he is capable of doing it again. But he won't do it where where he's not happy. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing, TJ, um, the biggest barrier to Patrick Line coming to the Panthers, um, who was the first coach to piss off Patrick Line in the <laughs> NHL? Oh, that's right. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. Was was he still the coach of the Jets when Liney was traded? Uh, Absolutely. I believe so. I think that's why Patrick Liney wanted out of Winnipeg. Yeah, Paul Maurice was there for Paul Maurice has been so, there for a long time. Yeah. I mean, that trade was really precipitated by Pierre Luc Dubois wanting out of Columbus. Don't forget about that. I think it was a mutual they, It was they, totally. It they was. both wanted out of their situations. That was, you have a problem, I have a problem. Let's swap our problems and hope we find two solutions. And then neither of them did. I mean, that well, was not... Winnipeg a- eventually did by trading Pierre-Luc Dubois. Yes. Got a hell That's of a return. working out really well for them. Um, Absolutely. I mean, who could have seen yeah, that coming? I, but I don't think reuniting ridiculous. Paul Maurice and Patrick Laine is is the answer to the problem that doesn't really need to be solved. 
we haven't really seen a whole lot of Paul Maurice Winnipeg in in Winnipeg Paul Maurice in in Florida though because that team was nothing like this team which is something that I I feel like everybody talks about oh Paul Maurice's ideal team you know they they just lock things down they win 3-2 or 2-1 or whatever that Winnipeg team was terrible defensively yeah the entire time he was there yes that but is they correct. scored more they scored even more like that was that was a team that would score seven goals and you would see the highlights and be like yeah that makes sense you know they have Ehlers they have Line A they have Shifley they have Dustin Bufflin you know yeah a lot of fun players and a lot of players that aren't good at defense Toby Enstrom <laughs> Brian Little those players were a little better better at defense I know I know I, I I'm a huge Toby Enstrom fan. Oh yeah, he was an underrated player. Something about me is uh, Toby Enstrom, analytics darling. Him. Yeah, he was good, good player. Uh, uh, yeah, Lina is not the answer. Sadly, I I just I don't think he would. It it would be a really interesting dynamic just to see like, because Barkov is his buddy, but also Paul Maurice hates him. <laughs> yeah, I need to do some research on that because you could be. Telling it like it is, but I'm I don't remember. Uh, as far as their relationship, Maurice and Lanning. All right. I'm just gonna awkward transition because I've been wanting to get to this and we're already at like 45 minutes on this podcast. No, we're not. Oh, that's right. We started late. Okay, never mind. Well, that's just because I'm tired. I was up way too late last night after that Dolphins game. Yeah, I went to the game, so oh Mr. Fancy Pants went to the Dolphins game. I was asleep I mean, we sat by the, the time TJ bubble. got home. <laughs> and I got tickets for Christmas. Nice. Well, I blame you then for the loss. Yeah, it was uh, my fault. Oh, but, they lost? Yes, they lost. Ooh. Hence why I was up super late. <laughs> yeah, we the game the game was over, and I wa- I watched the game where I watch all big sporting events outside of hockey games at behind my uh parents' neighbor's house, and he's got like a little outdoor fireplace area with a TV above it. And the game ended, and normally we just, like, win or lose regardless, even if it's a heartbreaking loss. Like, we just say, all right, hey, this was fun, guys. Good night. Last night, we kept drinking scotch for, like, another hour after the game. It was just like, yeah, not going home this angry to the, to the wives. Just not happening. Understood. So, so yeah, it was late. Um, but I want to start talking about rats and uh, – the uh, rat on the Florida Panthers, Kevin VX, is the latest one to call out Nick Cousins. I know you guys briefly talked about it last episode kind of as a joke, but I do want to have a serious discussion about Nick Cousins and his antics on the ice. I think his reputation is well-earned, guys. Yeah, totally. Um, He's not a clean player. He's not a clean player. Uh Let's, I just want to talk about the Arizona play. I don't know the name of the, the forward or whoever it was. He he. It's Jason Zucker and your uh, – no, no, I guess it's – Zucker's it was, the one that uh, hit him. Yeah, yeah. it was, was it Valimaki. It was Valimaki. It was Valimaki. Okay. Valimaki goes down to a knee to try and keep the puck in the zone very late. No argument there. The reason why I give Nick Cousins zero benefit of the doubt, one, he's got a history – Two, he still leapt into the play. Yes. And three, he made zero attempt to avoid making contact with Alamaki. Yep. And 
you, the reason you're seeing so much anger from the NA uh, from uh, retired players is that it like hockey doesn't have many unwritten rules, but one of the big ones is if a player is already on the ice, you do not check them. They have no way to defend themselves. They're in extremely vulnerable positions. And you're looking at situations where you can go and knee directly into someone's head. So, yeah, it was a very dangerous play from Cousins. It was very fortunate that very little contact was made with Alamaki, and it seems like he was perfectly fine. But I did not like that hit. Yeah. And not a, not surprisingly, NHL people, uh, the NHL community did not like that hit. Now, Jason Zucker, you earned your three games on that one. His hit was there was no reason for that hit, completely uncalled for. But it was a disproportionate response. Yes, it was a disproportionate response. But Nick Cousins is a dirty player and he plays for the Florida Panthers. You you have the guy we've hated for years. He is Marshawn without the skill, he is Goodest in his Tampa days. Uh, or Philly, yeah, or Philly, but who like all those players you hated that would take cheap shot against Panther players and never get punished? That's what Nick Cousins is right now. So I feel like you know, we're all homers, obviously, uh, but it's Nick Cousins is a problem, and it's like you were saying with the code. I, I repeat what I said last time another thing that in the code that he violates is that. Even if you're going to, you know, put your hands up and say, I didn't mean it. The code has always said, well, you still got to answer the bell. And what has he notably never done in any of these instances? Yeah, he He never answers the bell. He's objectively a coward. I I don't want to use the term coward. But yeah, he's not dropping the gloves with someone bigger than him. I don't know if he's got any fights in his career. I'm sure he does, but th- and I'm gonna like I'm gonna t- be a little bit more, little less, or whatever the word you want, a little lighter on Nick Cousins uh-huh. for refusing the fights because Nick Cousins should not be fighting Eric Goodbranson. Heavyweights fight heavyweights, um, and that's typical pest behavior. I mean, come on. When has Marshawn ever fought someone bigger than him? He's never done it. Why should Nick Cousins? Now, Jason Zucker, he should have fought like that. The Zucker should have grabbed Nick Cousins and said, "All right, let's go." And if if Cousins turtled that one, then you really can call him a coward who's turtling. But like, I don't blame him for not wanting to fight Goodbranson. Nick Cousins has nineteen fights in his career. Which is actually a decent amount considering how, how rarely players fight in 2024. I mean, he's been in the league for a while now. Yeah, but still, players like him, one or two fights a season. Yeah, like, which is still a lot these days. Right, but I'm saying, yeah, like the heavyweights, like the Branson probably has, what, five fights so far this season? Lomberg, you know, th- those kind of guys. Although Lomberg's in the Nick Cousins weight class. Eric Debranson has three fights this season. That's what I'm saying. I get what you're saying about Nick Cousins not wanting to fight Debranson in particular. It just does seem weird to me that there's no middle ground between that 
and like him getting jumped by Gabranson. And so if, if people are still saying Butnick Cousins when they're talking about the Gabranson thing, like, I guess that there's just like a missing step on this ladder that I'm filling in with, oh, he must have refused to fight anybody. Because otherwise, everybody would just say Eric Gabranson is a thug who went after him, even though he can't defend himself being, you know, much smaller and all that. Right. That would have been the logical reaction. Uh, I'm with you. I'm with you. Like I said, I, I, the the turtling part, I, I I give him a little bit more leeway on than the hits themselves. The hits themselves have been bad. The hit on Good Branson was bad. I thought that should have been a major when it happened. You guys kind of talked me out of it, but especially now, after you know, there's just more and more examples. Um, Nick Cousins needs to get suspended by the Department of Player Safety the next time he even comes close to the line. On March 6th, 2021, Nashville Predators forward Nick Cousins got his shit absolutely rocked in a fight against Florida Panthers defenseman Radko Kudis. I think I remember that because he took, he t- oh, that's, remember, that's when he the took a run he was at Huberdo. Huberdo. Yeah. Yeah. I do remember that. And I this remember. was 2021. So this was the, the, the season that the Panthers and the Predators were in the same division and played eight times. Yep. I remember that. Yeah, we all hated Dick Cousins. Mm-hmm. Well, oh my God, Gouda's how things haven't ass. changed. Gouda's kicked his ass in this fight. There, here's yeah. one thing that I will say: like, I don't think Kevin BX is an interesting commentator. I don't think that he has had many insightful things to say. I don't think that it's he's a person that we should be putting up as like a thought leader. No, personally. But- but I, I I don't disagree with you. But at the same time, his thoughts have been echoed throughout the league at this point. Like people do not like Nick Cousins, and it's well earned. Yeah, I mean he's he's noticed something that a lot of people have noticed. So I won't necessarily say, well, it's Kevin Bieksa, so we should just discredit everything he says. I just don't think he's notably interesting. I'm not sure I've ever heard him do commentary enough to really be able to discuss his efficacy as a commentator. And if he wants to come on the show to call me out for the little credit that I'm giving him, by all means, <laughs> come on here, berate me. Kevin Bieksa, conference champion, Kevin Bieksa. This oh, jeez. Did he ever win a Stanley? I don't think he ever won a cup. No, right? he was, was a he Canuck. The... I'm he trying to think he was, not, he he was, was on the duck, Ducks but... for a while, too, but I think, yeah, I think he was a Canuck first. Um, this is Kevin BX. This is your open invitation, uh, to come on the podcast and uh, put, put TJ in his place. Yes, but he won't do it because he's a coward, bigger coward than Nick Cousins. Jeez, he was a Canuck first, he retired a duck after three seasons. All right, before you call Kevin BX a coward, I'm just gonna take a quick look here. And how many uh, fights he's had? Let's see. 5, 6, 11, 16, 17, 18, 21, 27, 28, 30, 34, 37, 40, 45, 50, 51, 55, 61, uh, 62, what are we counting 63, his losses? 73, 74, 86 fights in his NHL career, including pre- and post-season. Jesus. 
So maybe not the guy you wanna you wanna make personal attacks against regarding Jake, his Jake, Jake. His bravery. He's, he's 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 not gonna be as offended and come on the podcast to defend his valor if we if we like coat this with all this you know. We make gotta it eighty seven, Kevin. Come on yes. the show. So just because we've talked about Erica Branson a couple of times, uh, I have a stat of the day for you guys, or a, a trivia question. Okay. N- not that we believe in plus minus sixty nine. Has... <laughs> you know exactly where I was going. No, I I swear to you, I have no idea where you're going with this. But is that the right answer to whatever? No, it's not. You're... Damn it! No, it's not. I, I was going to ask you guys to guess what Erica Branson's career plus minus is even though we don't believe it in as a stat, though it's actually not a terrible stat for defense to defenseman because you don't play on the power play anyway. Minus 420. I think it's a bad stat without being used, like, in a relative circumstance. Like, I think comparing Panthers plus minus against one another is valuable. But, I mean, Gabranson... Only among players with similar ice time, though. Now, look, he's not helping out very much, but he's been on terrible teams his entire career. He was drafted onto the Dale Talon Panthers. They were good one season that he was there. Then he was traded to the Canucks. He's been on the Ducks. He's been on the Senators. And now he's on the Blue Jackets. All genuinely tire fires of situations. Well, well, and I'm not, I I mean, I know I brought it up to kind of dump on good Branson, but there's a reason why he's only ever on bad teams or better yet, Poorly run organizations. Yes. Because the smart organizations don't want him. Yes. The only Let's good organization see. he's played for is the Pittsburgh Penguins, and they got rid of him almost immediately. Well, Calgary, he he had probably the best season of his career as a flame under Daryl Sutter. Yes, he did. And they let him walk. Yes, because he got rid- a, a ridiculous contract offer. Right, but they, it was like, all right, hey, yeah, you overperformed. You want to come back? Sure, but we ain't paying you. And guess what? He's back to sucking. But okay, but actually take real guesses on what his uh, career plus minus is. He's minus been only, what, 14 years? He's in his 13th season. In his 13th season, I'm going to say... I'm going to guess he finished a minus in all but two of those seasons. You're actually correct there. And those two seasons, I think, are the 15-16 Panthers and his Calgary year. No, the 15-16 Panthers, he was actually terrible. Yeah, he played with Willie Mitchell, who was right answer, right answer, reason. Actually, no, he was a plus three in the 15-16 Panthers. Excuse me. Oh, so he has, three, he has three seasons of 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 positive plus minus. Well, one year he was a zero, and that was the lockout year. The mm-hmm. that was the COVID year where he played fifty one games and was a zero. So he's been was a he in Nashville that season? All but Nashville three. and Pittsburgh. Oh, he was traded from Pittsburgh to Nashville. No, I'm sorry, Pittsburgh. He played seven games, and they got rid of him to Anaheim. And then and Anaheim traded him to Nashville, or he was on Anaheim the rest of that year. No, then he went. No, he was on Anaheim the rest of the year. Okay, yes. And then he went to Ottawa. I'm sorry, Ottawa was the bubble year. The year before was the the shutdown year. And then he played for Ottawa and then got traded to Nashville. But like I said, he always ends up on bad teams. So his career plus minus is... I haven't actually guessed yet. Hold on. Okay. I'm trying to work out my guess. 
uh, with relative mathematics. Um, Science. 300. My, I'm going to go with minus 300. Uh, I'm just going to call it an even minus 300 because it's easier than trying to estimate a specific number. Well, just so you know, you're wrong. The cor- But it goes into my next point. The career worst plus minus is minus 257 from a Mr. Bob Stewart who played 575 NHL games. Mm. Eric Gabranson is currently a minus 120. Uh, for whatever reason, StatMuse kind of shuts you down in terms of uh, how far it'll down without paying. But, you know, 20th on the list of worst plus minus is some guy named Bob Waitowich who's at minus 161. So it's very likely that Erica Branson is going to go down as one of the worst plus minus players of all time, assuming bad organizations continue to give him contracts, which seems like it's going to happen. Wow. I would have expected his minuses to be bigger. Um, Everything's big with Erica Branson. So, and he's also just point totals. True, 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 true. He's on his way to a career year points wise. He is at 13 points. So far this year, two away from uh, tying his two two assists away from tying his career high in assists. There you go, career season for Garrick Branson. Yeah, keep keep the jeevan. But his um, course C four percentage is like forty three percent at five on five. Uh, yeah, that must he be sucks. good for the Blue Jackets. It might, be. <laughs> but yeah, what? I'm actually kind of curious about that. But all right, we dumped on Erica Branson enough. Uh, Forsling's injured. We forgot to mention. Is he? He's he's not practicing today. I did not know. I did not see that. Didn't he leave the Colorado game? I don't no. remember. I don't think he. I don't think so. Bennett so he didn't did practice. Bennett Bennett was practicing. Bennett did practice today. Yeah, I don't. I don't recall Forsling leaving that game early. Okay, well, Forsling didn't practice. Whatever. They were in Vail. Maybe he was just skiing. I don't know. Branson's relative Corsi 4 percentage this year is minus 3.5 on his garbage Columbus team. That's bad. But did we expect any different? No. You did. What did I? When did I? When you said that might be good relative to his team. Oh, I was joking. Which is what made me want to look this up in the first place. I was just making an anti-Columbus joke. Fair. I always strive for this. I always strive for this. Uh, how about the face shield for Barkov in the Colorado game? I, I'm calling Barkov him, is the Hart Trophy winner. Love I'm, the fishbowl. I'm, I'm calling him college har- hockey Barky, as as many of you have seen. Big fan of the fishbowl. Oh, it's it's fabulous. It's a good look I mean, for him. He, he doesn't like it. But who gives a shit? He scores four points a game wearing that thing. He's got to keep it on the rest of the year. Yeah. Yeah. This is objective statistics. Go ahead. It's one of those things where it's like, I know superstitions and like, but like four points a game, if you keep that pace, you keep the fishbowl, even though, look, I'm all for safety. You will never catch me dead without a visor, uh, a full face mask whenever I play hockey. Like, you know, any way, like if I'm obviously not playing goalie, because goalie is obviously wearing full face shield. Um, there's a very noticeable difference, even with a cage and it's just bars. 
but you breathe so much better when you're wearing a visor or even nothing. However, the safety is just not worth it. There is a reason every hockey player from the 80s is missing half of their teeth. You're going to well, hit, hit To be fair, most hockey players today are also missing most of their teeth. Well, that's that's true because they still only <laughs> wear visors. But what I'm saying, like, yeah, it's just people are crazy. Uh, moving on. Oh, public service announcement for every football fan mm-hmm. out there. Cancel your NFL Sun uh, Red Zone Channel subscription. Do not pay them $10 a month for January through September. Do not ah, do it. I see what you're getting at. I thought it was a yearly charge, but I'm no, not doing it. It is $10 a month, and you cancel. Like, I already canceled mine, and I will pick it up again when week one comes around. <laughs> and I'm go. not going to pay them essentially $70 for a channel that's off the air. Yeah, no, I'm 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 with you. Uh shout out to Scott Hansen though. He's he's good and he seems like a, a genuine dude. Yeah, I like Scott Hansen. I'm just not paying him for when he's not no, on the air. Not for not working. I think that he would find that to be fair. Yeah. Uh any other hockey topics? Maybe we can do put football. Some there are great... two things I wanna I wanna talk about. First of all, sure. Uh, I, I just saw a tweet a few minutes ago that I want to read off in in order to segue into this particular topic. Okay. Imagine being told on a random Monday that you have to move out of Southern California because a teenager decided he didn't want to work in Philadelphia. How do you get fired on your day off? For those of you who don't know, it's Jamie Drysdale, who is a second, uh, former top 10 pick, right? Yeah, I think he was drafted like number four or something like that. Yeah, he was a former top 10 pick in defenseman that the Ducks had high hopes for and a second round pick for Cutter Gauthier, captain of the gold medal winning Cutter Gauthier was the captain. Could have sworn he was. He I was thought, their leader. Uh, Rucker... at the oh right, yeah, right. I believe Rucker I believe you, I captain. believe you're right. The Rucker McGordy was captain, but he like led the league or not led. Yeah, the league, oh, he had a great tournament. Team in points, I believe he was tournament MVP. The U.S. won gold in no small part to Cutter Gauthier, and apparently the entire time he was dominating World Juniors, he was also running away from Daniel Briere and the rest of the Flyers brass because yeah. he did not want to play with with them. Like it, it, apparently he was has been telling them for a while that he doesn't intend on playing with them. And the first time that the Flyers organization heard about this was after last year's World Championships, not the World Juniors, the World Championships, the irrelevant tournament that goes on in Europe during the NHL playoffs that you only pay attention to if you got eliminated from the playoffs and one of your players is playing in them. And even then, you might not watch. Probably still won't watch. So it's it's very interesting to me that a player would completely object to playing in Philadelphia. I I really could only come up with a few guesses that I still didn't really love the explanation of. One being like maybe he didn't think that the opportunity was going to be there. Seems hard to believe with Philly's depth chart not being so deep. Uh, maybe he didn't want to play for Tortorella. But you know, one of the first things I said to Jake when we were talking about this is like, does he think Tortorella is going to be there forever? I certainly don't. I mean, Tortorella's got a shelf life. So I, I was struggling with it. Maybe he just hates the city. Maybe it's he said he grew up a Penguins fan. I, I find it hard to believe that stuff that, tends to go away for pros. Yeah, like I mean, they, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, I was going to say, you typically see a guy like, okay, hey, I want to play for my favorite team growing up, like um, Adam Fox, where it was like, hey, I'm going to direct my way to a team. 
but you rarely see a, a guy say, Hey, I am not going to play for a team because I grew up a fan of a rival. Like, I don't think that's ever happened. I can't think of it ever happening. Yeah. I mean, by the time you're saying I'm not playing for X team, you might as well just force your way to Y team. Cause doing the first is so unprecedented that like, just right. do the the whole Adam Fox. You might as well. Yeah. And, and allegedly he was willing to, um, Signed with 18 to 20 teams. So it wasn't like he wanted to go to one specific spot. He was willing to go to pretty much the entire league other than, I would guess other than Canada and, and the, and Philadelphia. Have either of you come up with an explanation beyond Penguins fan, John Tortorella? That's all I got is torts. The first thing that I said to TJ was maybe he grew up a Penguins fan. Uh, and then a few minutes later saw a video that Elite Prospects posted of him saying that he, that the Penguins were always his favorite team growing up. <laughs> so there might genuinely be something to that. Did you guys see that like podcast clip where somebody asked him like the first time he met Torts and either he's like good at acting and like had this really like enthusiastic response about like, fuck yeah, John Tortorella. Like it was like a 20 25 minute thing i don't typically think the hockey players are smart enough to be able to fake that i honestly don't know it's weird but um yeah me neither you know a lot of times you see these kind of world junior performances like come from players that don't end up being great nhl players gregory denisenko anybody yeah but this is still a, a big loss for the Flyers. I mean, they're getting, they're losing a guy that could have been a real difference maker. They're getting Jamie Drysdale, who to be frank, like has not impressed in the NHL thus far is getting significant opportunity because of the potential that he was, you know, he came into the league with. I think that John Tortorella though is a great coach for him to have right now because his defense is very bad and he will get shipped into shape in the Tortorella system. Anyway, Alex, I'm sorry to have interrupted you again. No, you're good. Uh, just because I still have it up, I realize there's an active player on the career plus minus list that is, you know, one of the worst all time. Try to guess who it is. In plus Rasmus minus? Ristolainen. TJ. Rasmus Ristolainen. jacket. Minus 179. He is the active leader in worst plus minus. I was going to guess Eric Carlson. Why? Yeah. He's played on good teams his whole career. And he's scored a whole yeah, bunch his, of goals. I know he has, but his plus minus has not been great. I thought I mean, it was relative to him that he winning was... three Norris trophies, you know, not really, but it like I think the operative thing in getting a bad plus minus is not being a terrible player. It's being on terrible teams. True. This is the best team that Rasmus Ristolainen has ever been on. Carlson's a career minus 93. He's got to be pretty high up that list for active players. Huh. Wow. I don't feel bad about that guess. Stan corrected, although he did play for the Senators for a while. And I guess now that I'm thinking about it, he played on the Sharks for the last three years. And they've been brutal all three. You know, not including this one. He's on the Penguins. And he's been... He's been fairly good. He hasn't been Vezina or not Vezina. You know, he definitely hasn't been Vezina. He hasn't been Norse. Yeah, but he's been he's been solid. I, okay, I got, Jake, you had one more thing, and then Alex, we can do whatever you wanted to talk about. I guess I kind of had two more things actually. 
Wait, could Braxton's not even top five worst plus minuses at, uh, active? Wow. Interesting. Who are the other four? Risto at 179. Kyle Oposo at minus 137. That's Sam Gagne at minus 134. Not surprising. Oliver Ekman Larson at minus 130. Oh, yeah. Jeff Skinner at minus 129. Those last two. And Jack Johnson at minus 122. Well, Jack Johnson's horrible, but the Jeff Skinner and OEL, that's bad teams. Yeah. And then you get to Good Branson at 120. He's he's seventh. Shout out Jeff Skinner. Sore in front, flying, things of that nature. Yeah. Yeah, so the... The first of the two other things that we need to discuss is William Nylander. Oh, yes. That's a good one, actually. 11.5. I don't think, yeah, I don't think it's official official yet. It is. He had a press conference today. Oh, it's signed. Okay. 11.5 by eight years for the 27, I think, year old William Nylander. Yes, he's 27 years old. He'll be 28 when the contract kicks in. It is buyout proof. It is 90% signing bonuses. There's a couple years in the middle where it's like 50-50, but every other year is like 1 million base salary and the rest in signing bonus. That helps with the taxes because he'll get paid at whatever his home U.S. state rate is. Uh, yeah, that's the way a lot of these teams get out of the buyout. Live in the U.S. Why would I mean, yeah, probably not? I'm I'm sure he's got a residence in the U.S. that he claims is his home address for tax reasons. If he's if he doesn't, he's stupid. He, I mean, he shout lives in to, Toronto, uh, so you out. can you can live in Toronto but claim your residency in its tax in a in a tax friendly state to save some money. William Nylander Incorporated. Home city, whatever fucking city, Wilmington, Delaware. Yeah, I was I was basically about to make the same joke, and I was going to ask Alex what LLC stands for. Isn't it Limited Liability Company? Yes, that's exactly what it is. Well, so shout out to Willie Styles Limited Liability Company in Dover, Delaware. There you go. Um, but yeah, let's talk about the contract. It's buyout proof. It's pretty much what he would have gotten on the open market. Yeah, uh, I, I, which I is know. not what you want to do when you're re-signing your stars for eight years. It doesn't make sense. Like either the Leafs are the worst negotiators of all time, or they ended up with the four. I, I, I hate to use the word selfish, just like go get your money player. But yeah. like, excuse me, play. I got to you know, got to get the lingo right there. Yeah, come on. Now. I showed my Jesus age Christ. really bad on that one. Um, go get pay player, but like this is the NHL where everyone takes a discount and nobody on the lease takes a discount. It's shocking. And this is now multiple negotiators that have fallen into this trap. Now, I yeah. personally don't think that you really ever get in trouble overpaying this kind of player. I I think that Huberto is not this kind of player. Nylander's more of a 200 foot player. I'm not going to say he would have been if he signed the contract three years before he did. I don't know about that because Hubert has always been a ghost defensively. I don't necessarily think Nylander's True. a selkie guy. His num- his defensive numbers are not good. They're not Hubert bad, but they're not good. But he is more of a 200-foot player in terms of like game control is something that he's been about rather than like Hubert flying the zone, in my opinion. you know, That's Maybe fine. I'm wrong about this. I think his success is more sustainable. 
Yeah, I think Nylander is one of the best offensive players in the NHL. Yeah. That being said, how do you not get yourself some discount on any of your stars? Like, yeah. The two highest paid players, like two of the highest paid players, or you have four players now making over $11 million on your team. And yes, the Caps. Well, one of them is over 10. 11, four right? of them over 10. Excuse me, four over 10. Marner's not making over 11. And I don't think, t- uh, no, Tavares is too. Tavares yeah. is making 11. 11. Yeah. Yeah. Marner's at like 10.6 or something yeah. stupid. So next year, they're going to have all of them at 11 or more. And then Tavares comes up. Uh, it's it's speculated that he's going to take a discount, but I mean, do we really? He better. Anybody? He's the difference well, yeah, between Elon yeah. or between Tavares and the other three is he's not worth that money, not anymore anyway. Yeah, if Tavares. Yeah, but he's still good. Yes. Yeah, but he, he he's he, like eight million dollars good, not ten million dollars good. Yes. Right. Yeah, he's reached the overpaid portion of his career, but that's what happens when you sign premium free agents. Right. Yes. He had a 40 goal uh, you know, season. That's what contract. happens when you sign premium free agents. You have to pay market value or slightly higher. Yeah. And rather other teams than were being offering able more. to. Right. So, like, in a vacuum, the Nylander contract is good. Like, yeah. this is probably fair. It's probably about what he's worth. But right. this isn't a vacuum. And he is now the fourth guy on his team to make an eight figure salary. Yeah, that's half I mean, this, of their cap. Yeah. It's half their you cap. Know, you know, the funny thing is that if we were describing this Florida Panthers season in like average annual value provided to the teams, it would look like the Leafs salary structure for next year, because there are players that have provided tremendous value. And then there yeah. are players who have salaries. <laughs> they they they're there are there are players who receive paychecks from the Florida Panthers organization <laughs> from yeah, Sunrise yeah. Sports and Entertainment. Uh, Shout out to you, Dmitry Kulikov, making one million dollars a year. Um, um well, well, one last thing on the Leafs. It's already out. Oh, there I wasn't done with the Leafs. Yeah, that, that Mitch Marner wants well over eleven point five. Of course he does. He's worth that. I know, but it, it's just so like, funny. Like it's, no one. It's ridiculous. Did the Leafs shoot themselves in the foot? Like, did they lock themselves out of Marner by no, because... by signing? Like, no. By the time Marner's actually going to come up for negotiation, no, they didn't. I want to see one of these guys to the, go to the open market. I want to genuinely see what happens. It's, the thing is, Nylander was the best bet. Yeah, yeah. Marner. I mean, he held out. He loves it there. Contract. Yeah. He he like didn't play for two months, holding yeah. out for more money. If if Marner ends up being the one to hit the open market, I am going that like that is the funniest outcome here. And you know he's gonna end up in Columbus for 14 million a year if he does. <laughs> I don't why would he go to Columbus? He wants I think that they spotlight. were really in on him. Marner loves the spotlight, dude. Yeah, yeah. If he Columbus. leaves, he's going to LA, he's going to New York. He's it's like, gonna be a no. short-sighted, like I'll show them, I'll sign the biggest contract I can get, and then he's you know, sort of like Huberto signing in Calgary. Well, no, because Columbus offered him like a twelve million dollar red sheet. Like, red shirt. Yeah. Uh, but he still sheet. signed. He still signed away his UFA rights. Don't forget that. Yeah, for ten and a half million dollars, wouldn't you? Right. Marner's going to sign in Columbus. I for guess that's fourteen fair. million. Yeah, uh, but I, I don't think so. I, I, I think I, Marner genuinely wants. I'm that not spotlight. completely serious, but I'm, I'm with Jacob considering he already turned down Columbus when he was an RFA. Okay. Good point. 
Remember, Columbus uh, offered him 12 and he sold him no. Well, that's less than he's getting paid. So there you go. I mean, no, these are more than he's getting paid. Right. He's... That's more than he's getting paid. He's making less. Sorry. Yes. That's what I meant. That's what I meant. <laughs> Thank you, Jake. Anytime. <laughs> All right. Anything else we want to do? Because now we're definitely. Was there one more thing that you wanted to get uh, to? We can skip it. I wanted to. I wanted to talk about Chicago a little bit because it's very, they very have funny. a laundry list of injuries. Yeah, their forward group last night had was like a combined 13 million and they somehow beat Calgary. Their they best Calgary. player is Jason Dickinson. The yeah, best player great. that they are addressing is Jason Dickinson. It's bad. Yeah, Seth Jones is out. It's brutal. Who would be their best player? Um, no, Connor, Connor Bedard, Bedard, obviously. Who is their best player? <laughs> no, I was getting to that. Like Seth Jones would currently be their best player, and he's not even playing. So there that's you know, Taylor Hall would be their best player, not playing. Yeah. Maybe even Corey Perry, who you know, yeah, got bought out in disgrace, uh, contract terminated in disgrace, to be completely accurate. Yeah, not even bought out. Maybe got... their best player, but so, um, and Connor Bedard, of course. I would even say if Jason Dickinson is currently their best player, Andreas Athanasiu would be their best player. You know except what? He's I, hurt. Like, yeah, I I can't it's fault brutal, you for saying that, dude. They had to they... trade for Rem Pitlick. Oh, they just to have them. like a player to use, and they beat the Flames. And they beat the Flames four to three, which is hilarious to me because I picked up Peter Mrazek in fantasy because I saw he was a confirmed starter, and I was like, "I'm doing this because it'll be funny." And you know what? It was extremely funny. I was literally like, "If there is a team that is going to lose to this depleted Chicago team, it's Calgary." And then that happened. And I got fantasy points out of Peter Morazic. Shout out Alex. Shout out Levitard Show. Legit stat of the day. I don't have the exact number, so this is a terrible stat of the day. But their IR salary is more than their active salary. Oh, oh, that's brutal. It's it's, it's tough. I mean, the the tank is being executed. Not necessarily executed because this is by accident, but man, yeah. this is a great this is a great tanking situation. All right, let's let's just real quick. I know we've mentioned a couple of the names. I'm just gonna read off all the players on IR, just real quick. Okay. Seth Jones, Taylor Hall, Tyler Johnson, Andreas Adanasio, Anthony Bovillier, Nick Felino, Connor Bedard, Joey Anderson, Taylor Radish. Like Jesus. six of those players would be their best player right now. That they have a great team on IR. <laughs> Jesus like, Christ, man. They they could ice a starting five of like Paul Bedard Beauvillier, Jones. I guess Seth Jones is their only defenseman on IR. Um, so that, that kind of fell flat. But power like, play unit. Yeah, true. They have a great power play unit on IR. It's it's so it's I it's really I'm hearing a number of names that would improve the Panthers bottom six. They have thirty-five million dollars on IR. It's really tough. It's really, really tough. All right. It's great, but I'm landing this plane. And my last comment that I'm going to make for this podcast, it's I tweeted it already, but the Panthers have picked up 14 points on the seven-game win streak. You know how many, t- you know how many games you would have to go back for the Ottawa Senators to uh, match the same amount of points? All of them. 22. <laughs> Literally a quarter of the season. 
to match what the Panthers have done in their last seven. All right, Alex, I know you want to land the plane, so I'm going to give hard 30 seconds on this. Uh, Tell me what you think of my Tua opinions, because I have been the only one tweeting about him from the account, and you should get your voice out there so that everybody knows where you stand. You are massively overreacting. Tyreek Hill catches a ball that's in his hands. He ties the game last night, and who knows what happens at the end of the game. Instead, he drops it, uh, gets injured on the next play, and then he is out on the game-ending interception, which would have been a play to Tyreek Hill because that's where Claypool was. Claypool runs a bad route. Look, do I think Tua is a perfect quarterback? No, I do not. I also I still think he is very, very good. He is a top five to ten quarterback in the NFL, and those are really freaking hard to find. Yeah, I'll just say my piece 15 seconds. Do I think that he's top 10 right now? No, he can still improve. The fifth year option is the option that the Dolphins should absolutely take. They're not going to be able to find a better value out there. Like somebody's got to play quarterback and they can't just be like, Pat Mahomes, you know, why don't we get you? You know, yeah. sign me up. Of course. You would love to I do volunteer. That. Look I will at how play hard quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. Look at how hard it is to get this level of quarterback. How many teams have tried and failed miserably? Zach Wilson, you know, one prominent example. Look at look at um the Panthers guy, Bryce Young, how bad he was. It's tough, man. So I would say I would say run it with him, but don't give him a big contract yet. That's yep. my piece. So we can agree on that. Uh, I don't know. I think you got to pay him just because if you go into the last year, now you got to franchise tag him. Understood. So, all right. Where are they rating the five stars? Uh, Where does five stars at the hospital? The hospital. Yeah, that's where all the Panthers or Dolphins are hanging out. Yeah, talk about team. I was still thinking about the Blackhawks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's where the Dolphins and the Blackhawks are hanging out. Man, all the Dolphins players and the Blackhawks players on IR, that would be a scary team. Good night, everybody. Go Panthers.